Alexa, what is the best podcast in the land? Here's pulling back the curtain podcast registered from Amazon Music. Playing the latest episode. This podcast is sponsored by Sumato Coffee. Sumato Coffee believes that coffee should be unique and high quality from bean to cup. Beyond that, it starts to become stale. At Sumato Coffee, they're incredibly concerned and transparent about when your coffee is roasted. That's why they put the roast date right on the bag. Pulling Back the Curtain podcast listeners receive a 20% discount off their order by using promo code BALLERSCOFFEE. To learn more about Sumato Coffee, please visit them at sumatocoffee.com. That's S-U-M-A-T-O-C-O-F-F-E-E.com. What's happening, people, and what you know good? We'd like to thank you for listening and spending your time with us. This is Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast, the most provocative, the most exciting, the baddest, baddest podcast in the land. We come with the dopest topics, hitting with the rawest opinion while giving you the straight-up facts. No fake news here. I'm Jules. I'm Press. We give sight to the blind, ladies and gentlemen. Alexa, what is the baddest podcast in the land? Here's Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast registered from Amazon Music. Playing the latest episode. Season three of the Pulling Back the Curtain podcast is brought to you by Sumato Coffee. Pulling Back the Curtain podcast listeners will receive a 20% discount on your order by using promo code BALLERSCOFFEE. To learn more about Sumato Coffee, please visit their website at www.sumatocoffee.com. That's S-U-M-A-T-O-C-O-F-F-E-E.com. What's happening, people? And what you know good? We'd like to thank you for listening and spending your time with us. This is Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast, the most provocative, the most exciting, the baddest, baddest podcast in the land. We come with the dopest topics, hitting with our rawest opinion, while giving you the straight-up facts. That's right. No fake news here. I'm Jules. I'm Press. On this episode, we pull back the curtain on Chicago's hidden gems and much, much more. Press was popping, baby. And we made it. And bro. <laughs> Football is back. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. Unfortunately, man, I was working. But by the time I got home, I caught the ending. I'm talking about very ending of the game. Well, I'm telling you, Jules, you missed out, man. Next time DVR, when you see Brady and, and Dak, <laughs> hey, they didn't disappoint, my bro. They did not disappoint. My goodness, that was a game. That is a way to start an NFL season. I am telling you, if, if this is what the season is going to be like, Boy, sign me up because I will be parked in front of that TV all season. <laughs> oh, nice. Hey, Prez, I'm like you, man. I'm glad football is back. It gives us something to watch Monday, Thursdays, and Sundays. And, dude, after Tampa Bay won yesterday, you know, with the field goal, I stayed, you know, watched the highlights. And I'm like, wow. A lot of people didn't believe in um, Dallas that they was actually going to make it a competitive game. Right. But Dak and them boys, man, they, they was. They they barely won. If that defense would have held up, they would have won the game last night. You know what it was, Jules? They left too much time on the clock for mm. Tom Brady. You can't do that. He had over a minute left in the game. I, when, I, when I saw him get the ball, he had that look on his face. I'm like, I've seen this movie before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's seen this before. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just I'm just happy that the football back in there. And it was a great game. They came out the gates fire. Yes, they did, man. And, and and it's funny that you mentioned that because you're right. A lot of people was down on the Cowboys. I actually bet the Cowboys to cover the spread, and they hit. So even though they lost the game, they only lost by a point. So they covered the spread. Yep. So that worked for me. I was I was all good for it. And oh, I'm telling you one thing, Dak Prescott, he looked pretty good, man, coming back from that injury, bro. Yeah, I saw, like I said, I saw the highlights. I'm, I'm throwing and scrambling. Hey, Dallas, you can get worried about Dak. Dak, cool. <laughs> yeah. Y'all straight. <laughs> Especially against Tampa's uh, defense. Because they got a really good defense, bro. Mm-hmm. Prez, I can't wait for Sunday. <laughs> Brother, you and me both. I can't wait for Sunday. I know you guys, you and Dub. I know you guys that can't wait for. This is one thing I'm going to tell you about this one, uh, Jules. Okay. It's one of these situations where I'm worried, but at the same time, I'm excited, if that makes sense. So it's like one oh, yeah. of those things mm-hmm. you get. So I, I, I can't wait, but then I'm also kind of like, I'm hoping that Andy Dalton is ready. Because, <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, because what? We, we got we to test this. We got some competition now, so. <sighs> yes, we do. Because that, that damn Rams defense, they're no joke. 
You and I talk about it all the time. Aaron Donald, that's a bad brother, man. He's a bad dude. I hope Dalton, I hope he can scramble now. <laughs> he gonna need to. <laughs> Listen, you saw that Bears offensive line. He a brother for his life, man. <laughs> man, you guys on DBE, man, you guys talk about that office line and it's still got to watch it because it's like, mm, I don't know, we're not there yet. So, nope. I pray that they get up, say the prayers, eat the vitamins, have some Wheaties before the game, and protect the quarterback. Man, I forgot his name already. Hey. I'm over here thinking about Justin and um, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say Justin, but it's not, it's Andy. <laughs> yes. But you know what? That's funny that you're doing that because that's all Bears fans right now. They like, <laughs> they trying to forget about Andy Dalton right now. I'm like, well, he's our starter on Sunday, guys. People are like, no, nah, that's okay. I'm thinking about the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to uh, Dalton, man, if Matt Nagy calls a good game plan and if it makes sense and they run the football, I think the Bears could be okay. I think the issue is going to be if Matt Nagy starts doing that Matt Nagy shit, oh, gets to run the ball. And that's hey. when you're going to have me snapping on DBE, bro. Hey, Chris, Chris. Yeah. Boy, you had me rolling when you was like, man, you see Nagy with that clipboard. You just want to. <laughs> now, listen, I know you be at them games, man. Promise me. Promise you don't jump out the jump out the seat and, and go over there too. <laughs> I'm going to behave, man. I'm going to behave. I don't know if you heard, but I had a conversation with Nagy at, at Hallis Hall um, during the training camp. He came over and he was talking to a few of us. And he was like, hey, what do you guys want to see me do today? I threw out there, I said, hey, I want to see a bomb from Fields to Darnell Mooney. And he was like, oh, you guys don't want me to run the ball? And I was like, well, of course, coach. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But he he had a little fun. I was like, okay, I see you, Nagy. You you know the fans want to see that. He said on the thing, yo. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. To your point, Jules, man, that's going to be a game that we're all looking forward to. Football's back. Bear Down Nation is back. I'm looking forward to it, brother. I just hope, man, that Dalton can get the job done because if he has a bad half, if he has a bad game, those calls for Justin Fields are going to be all over the place, and there's oh, nothing yeah. that anybody's going to be able to do to stop that. Oh, yeah, because you know the Bears fans going to let them know. They're going to be booing, and you got to get the fans what they want now. You know, you get out there, especially if he ain't getting the job done, and they booing the um, team off the field or on the field. Uh-huh. <laughs> man, you, you can't have No, you can't, man. No, you can't start the season off like that. So we got to start off the gate. We got to start off the gate just like uh, Dallas is in Tampa Bay. Just like that. Well, I would die. If, if Matt Nagy's Bears offense look anything like that on Sunday, bro, I would just sit there and be like, Lord, you can take me. Because I, I just don't believe that he could do that. <laughs> he said, Lord, you can take me. No, it's just one game, bro. It's just one game. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> I'm like, damn, press. <laughs> You're like, it's just one game. But that's how little confidence that I have that he's going to make our offense look like that. Because those okay. offenses was just clicking, bro. Oh, You, you saw that offense in preseason, man. bro. I was like, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> so I think I got a little bit more time on earth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jules. I got to get to this fair foul because this okay. one right here has been killing me. I want to talk to you about this one so bad. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, we know Hurricane Ida ripped through New mm. Orleans. Definitely yeah. our thoughts and prayers to any of the people that were involved. Hope that everybody has, you know, made it to safe passage and they're just trying to rebuild and do what they need to do. But the aftermath of that storm actually hit up to the East Coast. So, New York, New yep. Jersey, they also got mm-hmm. hit. Now, Jules... I know you saw this foolishness when these folks in New York and New Jersey was out here ordering DoorDash during all that shit. And it was people that was delivering. It was DoorDash people out on scooters. There was this guy out there swimming with food. I'm like, what are we doing out here? What the hell? I don't want that food. (laughs) 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 Hey, you know what? They must have charged a hell of a charge for that, man. Dude, you ain't lying. They already charge you a fee when people just have to drive it over two blocks. Imagine somebody having to swim. <laughs> Shit. <Had> to swim? <laughs> Riding a scooter in a damn monsoon? Yeah. No, that's a big foul, man. I know you guys had ample time. Meteorologist was telling you that the storm was heading your way. That was your time then and there to go out and stock up. Now, if you got some people that want to do it, then shame on them too because they must really need some money because... I I couldn't do it. 
It was people getting stuck. I mean, we're talking about feats of water. Cars was getting stuck and carried away by water. That's dangerous. Personally, my heart couldn't. I see that, and I'm not, I'm not going to go out there, but I'm going to have somebody deliver some food. To, I couldn't do it. I wouldn't put and, nobody's life in jeopardy like that. That's what we always talk about on the show is just having compassion and thinking about the next person. So if your ass ain't willing to go out there and swim and drive in a monsoon to go get you some food, why would you put somebody else through that? And you know what? I guarantee you that whoever ordered that shit and had that man out there swimming and doing that shit, he probably didn't even tip him at the end. I'm going to call file on DoorDash because they should have shut down that app. And yeah, during that time, they, you shouldn't yeah, even give right. people the option. Follow them DoorDash for keeping the operation going. You got to yeah, swim you, to get to some. Man, get out of here. Well, because they were putting those, those dashers at risk of death, you know, being injured. This is the thing, too, Jules, because you brought up a really good point. We talk about it a lot on this show. There's people out here that are hurting financially. So people are willing to do anything to make a couple bucks, even if they know that that's some shit like, hey, why am I out here swimming in this water to deliver somebody a pizza? Like, what am I doing? Mm-mm. But people are doing that type of shit. Companies like DoorDash, you should just shut that down. Think about the greater good. Let's not try to worry about making a profit during a time like that. That was just dangerous all the way around. Right. People, the people that was out there ordering that shit, like Jules said, y'all had a warning. Y'all had a heads up ahead of time. Y'all could have stocked up and y'all would have been straight. Because if you know, Jules, if that had been me when that was going on, I'd have been at the crib looking at the w- out the window with a glass of wine, like, man, this is crazy. Yep. And I'd have had my food in there. I wouldn't have been asking nobody to do nothing. You don't have to bring me nothing because I already went and got that shit days ago. Stock up, lunch meat, hot dogs, canned goods. You know, it's going to be a couple of days. You can buckle down and survive. As long as you get running water and you stack up with some stuff, you're you good. But, Plan ahead, folks. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a big file. Big file. All right. So, Jules, let's get into some of these mailbag questions before we get into the episode, which is going to be a fun one today. Steven from Chicago. He comes from the Inglewood area of Chicago. Shout out to you, Steven. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He wanted to know, where were you guys when you found out the Twin Towers had been crashed into in 2001? Man, Prez, I was on my way to school, college. Oh, Um, man, over there at Daily College. Yeah. And I was about to walk out. My pops was watching on the news. And he said, hey, did you see? He asked me, did I see this or heard about it? And I'm watching it with him. I'm like, you know, I'm thinking it's a movie or something. That's news. And I'm like, dang. I put my bag down. I'm just sitting down on the couch with him. We're just watching it. And then when the second plane hit, I was like, oh, snap. And then we're talking about the Pentagon game. I said, damn, America's getting it's under attack. So I think I had three classes that day. I skipped the first two watching it with my father. And we were just watching this and talking about it. And then when, I guess, when everything was pretty much about over, I just went to my last class. And then when we got there, we talked about it some more with other classmates and teachers. So answer the question, man, I was at home. And then when I went to school, we talked about school. That thing, we talked about that thing for, whew, I don't even remember. But it was one of them that you will never forget. You will never forget. I can't believe it's been 20 years uh, coming tomorrow. Oh, the time flies. Also, too, you're right. No matter how old I am, I'm always going to remember where I was when this happened. Because to your point, Jules, it seemed like some shit straight out of a movie. And I'm not trying to make light of it, but I didn't think it was real. I'm Mm -hmm. like, what is this shit? But I'm going to tell you, Steven, from my standpoint, now you're really going to find out about my age when I tell you my story. So I lived in Bronzeville at the time. I worked at the Board of Trade. So I used to take the green line down to the loop every morning. So I used to have to be at work about 9.30, somewhere around there. So I'm on the train when all of this is going on. This is before smartphones. So I had like a little old-ass Nokia phone that used to have that snake game on there, but it had no internet and no nothing like that, right? So I'm just on the train. I got no idea what's going on. I don't watch the news. and I did At the time, I didn't watch news in the morning when I was getting ready for work. I would just jump in the shower, change, head out, right? So I'm on the train. I ain't heard nothing. Nobody on the train talking about nothing. I'm listening to music on my iPod. But when I got downtown, Jules, I started seeing this stampede of people going in the opposite direction. And I saw news trucks everywhere. And I'm still oblivious. I'm like, the hell going on down here? And I'm still walking to work. And then finally, I get some people that like worked in the same building with me. And they're like, hey, Prez, what you doing? I'm like, I'm, I'm going to work. I'm running late. They're like, you ain't going to work today. I was like, what you mean? They're like, hey, they flying planes into the White House and shit. Like, you know, everybody exaggerate things. And I'm like, wait, what? They, they doing what? 
I didn't even walk nowhere near that building. I'm like, if they fly planes into the White House, mm-hmm. I'm not going to no damn border train. We close to the CS Tower. I was like, fuck that. So I turned my mm-hmm. ass right back around. I still didn't know really what was going on, Jules. I turned around. I got on that red line, took that shit to 87th Street, and I went to my grandma's house. I'm like, you know what? I don't even want to be in my apartment because, you know, I used to live in that high rise. I right. ain't even want to be there. I said, nope, I'm going over to the south side, and I'm going to go chill over there with my grandma and them. So it's 1030 when I finally get to my grandmother's house, Jules, and I still hadn't seen what happened yet. So when I finally walked through the door, I still didn't really have a handle on what exactly happened. And then my grandma and my mom was sitting in front of the TV. My grandmother was crying, and I'm looking at this thing. And that's when I was like, then it all kind of hit me. I'm like, whoa, we are under attack. And this thing here is something that we all will never forget. Oh, no, sir. Well, Prince, I have to ask you something. Yo. <laughs> when you walking down, walking to your job, and you see everybody and mama go another way, now why'd you keep walking, man? Listen, man, I don't know what they had going on. <laughs> I was like, shit, I didn't know. It was like about 30, 40 people going the opposite direction. I'm just thinking, hey, business as usual. I don't know where these people are going. <laughs> okay. But the new, but the news truck part was the kind of made me like, maybe something is going on. Okay. I was in my own little world. I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm listening <laughs> to music. I'm seeing all these people, and I'm like, something might be going on, but I'm gonna still go to work, figure this thing out. Now, I do got a funny story for you, and this is going to be our next fair file. Okay. But my manager at the time at that job, he called me up and was like, hey, you didn't report to work today. And I said, no. I said, I was told that they were flying planes into buildings, and I said, we work in a very tall building, so I didn't go into work. And he said, well, you know, you were supposed to at least report to work. He said, because then we evacuate people because we didn't even evacuate the building yet. And I said, well, sir. You got to do what you got to do. I did what I had to do. I evacuated myself from the area. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I mean, you was going to get evacuated anyway. So what's, what difference make? That's exactly it. So on next week's episode, <laughs> fair file on that manager that had the audacity to call me and question me on why I didn't report to work mm, that day. Mm, mm. That's shame, 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 shame. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jules, let's get into this next mailback question. And this one came over from Victor from Columbus, Ohio. And he just says, hey, man, addiction is no joke. What were you guys' thoughts when you heard about the passing of Michael K. Williams? Rest in peace to you, Michael K. Williams. Man, I got the news, you know, the uh, the thing on my phone. And I said, no, Omar, come on. It hit me, man. I was like, damn, this thing here is very serious. This, you know, addiction and. How many great people we lost by addiction? We've had a lot of these overdose situations in the last couple months here. It's just been a lot of people that we've been losing. And to your point, Jules, I think it's even a deeper issue, not just the drugs itself, but the thing that the conditions that put people into this, because this mm-hmm. guy was right. rich. Right. He had a right. life that none of us could ever imagine having, and he still was struggling every day. And he said it. He said, this addiction stuff follows me each and every day. It's a struggle for me. This is somebody that is rich can have any type of outreach that can help him with that addiction, and he still struggles. Right. So it goes to show you, man, where's the help? Or what kind of help? Or the quality of it? Because if, if there's a person in his position, he can get any, the best of the best, then what's going on? That just goes to show you how the effects of addiction are sometimes, they supersede any sort of resources that are out there. Yeah. Of course, we don't know him personally, but just a great actor and just... Why his interviews seem like a like a cool cat to be around, man. And it, it just hits you when you see people like that. You watch, you know, growing up because he was in other movies and years and, and shows. It's a shame, man. And my thoughts and prayers go to his family. And if people have loved ones that you see that's that's in addiction or mental illness, or in case may be, man, be with that person and just check up and get that person help if possible. No, I mean, that's a fair point, Jules. I mean, Listeners, you guys always hear me making wire references or for the people that don't know why I mm-hmm. make the reference of if you're going to come for the king, you better not miss. Uh-huh. Yep. Well, that's an Omar slash Michael K. Williams reference. So mm-hmm. you guys already know that this hit me just like it hit Jules because Omar brought that series to life. He was one of mm-hmm. the best characters on that show. And you know what made it even more real? 
is that they said during the time that he was recording that show, he was deep in his addiction at the time. They said he would come to set sometimes high on drugs. But they didn't fire him because they feared if we fire him, there's no telling how much deeper he's going to get into these demons of his. But they knew that he needed help. They were trying to get to him. And that was back then. And he even admitted, even in a 2017 interview, that he was still struggling even at that time. That was a whole decade later. And he was still going through some of those same struggles. The last piece that I wanted to just make on this, I did see an interview recently where he said that he started therapy a few days after this movie that he had filmed called Body Brokers. That movie, Jules, talks about like being a part of like a drug treatment facility. And he said that being in that movie, he said it made him sick to his stomach. And he said it made him realize mm. that he needed to do something different. And you see that he was still making those steps to try to change things, and he still succumbed to the addiction. So addiction is real. So to Jules's point, people, if you got anyone in your family that you know, and we, we all have had that. We've had people in our family, whether it's alcohol, whether it's drugs, you know those people. Instead of like making jokes about the uncle that's got the drug problem, Try to see what you can do to try to help that person get out of that hole because that shit has a hold of them. And none of us, if you're not an addict, you don't have any ideas what that is. I have my vices, Jules, but I tell you one thing, drugs is not one of them. Right. Gotcha. All right. So that's a tough one. But man, rest in peace to you, Michael K. Williams, man. The next question comes over from David and he's down in Rantoul, Illinois, and he wanted to know. How do we feel about former NBA player J.R. Smith enrolling and attending North Carolina AT&T? Prez, I was, I was happy. <laughs> I mean, when I heard about J.R. Smith going back to school, I'm like, cool. This is somebody here because he didn't go to college, I believe. When he went, he I think he, he went, went to straight school. to the NBA. Yeah, he went yeah, straight he, to the NBA. Yep. Mm-hmm. So he didn't get a chance to go. To, he didn't go to school. He went to the uh, pros, played basketball 15, 16 seasons, I believe. Two NBA championships. I mean, he did his thing out there. And then when basketball was over with, what'd he do? He went, yeah, you know what? Let me go to school. Let me study. I think it's nutrition, uh, I read. And playing golf, he said, you know, at the first time, he wasn't really serious for school. But years gone, when if an age come wisdom, he said, hey, you know what? I'm going to buckle down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do this thing. I got a second chance, you know, get the means. And I'm going to take advantage of it. And I'm going to embrace this and enjoy there's no Pappy on. Big shout out to uh, J.R. Smith for doing that. Yep. And I'm right there with you, man. 100%. I love seeing this because what that shows the next generation is no matter how much money, how much wealth, J.R. Smith didn't have to go back to college, but he decided to go to because that meant something to him to get that degree. Mm-hmm. He's enjoying this journey. He's enjoying that path. And I wish to see more of our young African-American millionaires that even if you decide, okay, at the time, I'm going to make this decision because I'm ready for the next step. I want to make this money. I want to take care of my family, myself, whatever. That's fine. But years later, it would be a great example if you have kids to show them that, hey, even though I have made all this money, this education is still something important and they can't take that away from me. And I love it. I love seeing them down there. Mm-hmm. Hey, it looked like, look like he having fun too. Dude, his tweets have been hilarious. His videos that he's been putting up, he's he's been enjoying it. He's been having me cracking up talking about them tests and quizzes and stuff that he had to take, and I started <laughs> laughing. <laughs> I was watching, um, I forgot one of those sports shows, and he was saying, dude, Joe Smith go to class without his shirt on or something. <laughs> <laughs> like he did on a championship uh, parade. He had his shirt off the whole time. The said, whole time. <laughs> so they was like, I want to do it, go to class with his shirt off. <laughs> I think it was Michael Wilborn. <laughs> that's funny well guess what if that golf team win that championship he may do it again <laughs> right <laughs> man and man and that's good that dude is a role model man inspiration to a lot of cats man because him doing that like you said praise he had to do it he said mm-hmm. but to be even even better he set himself, himself up uh, greater. So going back to school, getting education, like you said, can nobody take that away from him? And then whatever field he's in, I'm pretty sure he's going to go into that field and and and, and do something in, in his older age. Because man's still young. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Still and I want to give a shout out to Ray Allen because he credited Ray Allen with putting a bug in his ear for him to go back to school. Oh, good. Oh, that's and, good. That's what's up. 
And that goes to show you that that's our brothers that are looking out for the other brother. You and I always talk about that, Jules, of the fact that Ray Allen went to college. He went back later and, and finished his degree. Mm-hmm. He probably told JR, like, hey, man, go ahead and do that. Why not? What you got to lose? Yep. Shaq did. Shaq had a mm-hmm. business degree. Yep. Yep. And yep. look at the way Shaq is doing business right now. Man. Shaq is worth half a billion dollars. Dude, Shaq, every, he, he on everything. Yep. <laughs> every commercial, come on, about Shaq doing something. I could do without those general commercials, though. That one with him and that skunk. <laughs> come on, Shaq. Let's <laughs> <laughs> stop it. But I, but I hear you, though. <laughs> Shaq is out here. He's doing his thing. And he owns, like you said, he, if, I feel like Shaq probably owns <laughs> so much in the United States. He, that dude's got his hands in everything. Mm-hmm. It's enough to go around. All right, man. Next question. Comes over from Candace from St. Petersburg, Florida. And she says, in the wake of Naomi Osaka's recent struggles and Daphne Unger's sudden passing, when will people begin to take mental health seriously in this country? I think mental health, I think a lot of people do take it serious. It's just, it's not talking about much until when we get Naomi, when she talked about it. And then also Simone, she talked about it when it was going through the Olympics. So with those two speaking to it, now I think people are getting more into, okay, mental health, let's, we need to really look into this thing here because our great athletes, if they're suffering through this, how many other people are, uh, are affected suffering through this? And it's something to take a look at because- Naomi couldn't, she couldn't play. She had to withdraw a couple of tournaments. Simone had to withdraw from the Olympics a couple of events. So I believe with them two, people are seeing this in the, in the limelight will get, you know, get people to start talking and looking at this thing even more. To answer this question for you, Candace, I think that the conversations are starting to happen. Mm-hmm. However, when we get past the point where there's a conversation and it's a point of we're actually doing things to actually address some of these issues with with mental health. And also, when you think about the situation that happened with Daphne Unger, that was really sad to me because she was actually doing a cry for help. She was posting a lot of stuff as of late that was very cryptic. She posted a video the the day before, even the night of, before she killed herself. And I just wonder if the people in her life were connected to her. Did they understand the depths of what she was dealing with? And I think that that's some of the things that I always think about in these situations. Why I always say, if I know people around me and I can kind of feel something's off with them, I'm checking in. Hey, man, right. are you good? Mm-hmm. No, I don't know. I don't care what I got going on because I would much rather you just be annoyed, Jules, by like, man, my prayers keep calling me. I told them I'm good. I just want to make sure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Because that would eat at me for the rest of my life knowing that, man, maybe I could have just had them words or maybe I could have just pulled up and did something silly to get this person to not think about some of the things that are plaguing them, right? It could be something little. You know, we know that words of encouragement and a good laugh, sometimes it could take you a long way. Not saying that that's going to be the cure for every situation, but I don't know, when I hear this and when I hear about what Naomi Osaka said, she talked about the fact, Jules, that winning doesn't even give her any sense of joy or happiness anymore. You got to think about that. When she started playing that sport, she played it because of the joy and the love of the game. That is no longer within her. That's a problem. And I did not like the fact that I saw those fans booing her when she started to have those outbursts. That's somebody that's struggling. That's somebody in that moment that's breaking down. We need to be rallying around each other in those moments and not ridiculing each other. There's been situations where all of us have had moments where we haven't been at our best. You want people to pick you up so that way you can do the same thing for somebody else in the future. Ain't none of us out here perfect. Ain't none of us always 100% of the time been on our A game. Because I promise you, if you say that, you're a damn lie. It's just like what we talked about before. Or in DoorDash in a in goddamn type of uh, tsunami. <laughs> and, I mean, it's just people, where your heart's at. It always go back to where your heart is at. When somebody's hurting, you don't boom. I don't know what to say. I'm just shaking my head over here. There was a cry for help. Somebody's hurting. Hey, you know what? That's the time when you, right, when you put your arm around that person and come around and encourage and uplift and help that person out. Not because, you know what? You want to see her play or him play. They're going through something. Now you're booing them because they can't perform. They're right. not there to amuse you. That's you right. know what I'm saying? It's like, people, get off it. Because I think that's what it comes down to, to the point you were making with the DoorDash situation, even with the situation with these people booing. We've become a society that's more wrapped up in our own individual needs and wants 
than worrying about other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, this woman, Naomi Osaka, right in front of you, you see her having a breakdown. And if the fact that nothing in you, that if nothing in you was impacted to say, man, my heart goes out to this young lady. I don't know what's going on, but this isn't good. If you didn't feel that kind of way, then you need to reevaluate yourself. If you were on Instagram at the time and you were a follower of the young lady, Unger, that passed away, Mm -hmm. and you weren't out there sending a nice note or, hey, are you okay, or something, and you just waiting to watch to see the drama unfold, then you need to reevaluate yourself. Because Jules and I have already talked about this social media and how toxic it is. If you are people that are out there that are just on these type of platforms just to see negative stuff happen and you are entertained by somebody melting down, then, man, you are just dead inside. Because when I saw those videos and the stuff that she was posting, my heart just went out to her. And I said, damn, she's hurting. You don't know what the hell she's been going through and what she was dealing with. And the fact that when people in their lives, that's because they don't see any sort of other way out of what they're dealing with. Right. That's tough. Death is final. I just really encourage people, man, just love people around you. You don't even have to know the person. Just be kind to each other. You never know what somebody's going through. And, you know, I see situations where somebody, they may do something weird in the car driving and somebody's blowing a horn and doing some weird stuff. I don't do that. I'm like, look, you made the turn. You didn't put a turn signal on. That's you. You obviously don't like your car. I ain't about to be out here blowing my horn at you. Whatever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because you never know, man. It's the little things that can set somebody off in this world. Man, Prez, you hit on on that one. Uh, Like, we get calls like that. A few times we get calls where a well-being check where somebody puts something on social media and like maybe a relative or a friend will call the police like, hey, go by over this house and make sure this person's okay because they put something, put something out. And a few times we get there and like, and we, have to, we, you know, we end up talking to the person. Hey, you know, try to get, you know, also with their family. Hey, try to get some help. It's all right. Whatever this is, it didn't come to stay, it come to pass. You know, whatever you're thinking about, you know, if suicidal thought or whatever, that is what, what they say is a permanent fix for a temporary problem. So, and I know people have saw what she had posted. That was that time then and there to say, hey, no, we need to go check on her and see if she's okay. Now it's too, it's too late. It's too late. Right. And too, like you said, you got to live with that for the rest of your life. And you have to answer to it. Let's be honest. Now, I'm no theologian or nothing like that, but I'm, I'm a, a strong believer in that. And when you see people go through things, give an uplifting word, because you will never know what that word can do. A good word, man. goes a long way. It goes a long damn way. All right, Jules. Final mailbag question. Comes over from Roger from Sunrise, Florida. He wanted to know, what are your thoughts on Evander Holyfield stepping into the <laughs> ring to replace Oscar De La Hoya? 58-year-old Evander Holyfield. Oh, man. Chris, <laughs> I didn't even know this dude was fighting until I saw this damn question, man. I was like, Evander Holyfield? I said, what the... I, I looked at the. I'm like, all right, he's fighting Victor in, um, you know, he used to be an MMA champ. They're trying to capitalize on what, what Paul Nilm and Tyson and Roy did. And I don't know how many people are going to be watching this or going to pay for this, but okay. All right, if you don't throw your head in the ring, okay, cool. But you got to look at it. If man, you're 58, he might need the bread, but I don't see this drawing a big attraction for us. And if you're 58, it's time to do. I wouldn't go in the ring, 58 years old. But they uh, interviewed Holyfield, and Holyfield said, "Hey, listen, he's going up against. He said he's fighting an MMA fighter. See, the one good. He said the one good thing he brings. Evander's bring a lot of experience in boxing. Since they, since he's fighting on his field and his turf and his rules, he got the upper hand. But we got to look at okay, the age, and we seen video of him him um, working out. He don't look as sharp. Of course, I mean, you're 58. And let me say, let's be honest. I ain't talking about fifty-year-old like it's it's old now, like that. Because there's a lot of fifty-eight-year-old who looking good and better than some some thirty-year-old. Mm-hmm. But when you talking about you going in there trying to box and fight, and that's different. Because one thing can't be that father time, and and he's fighting somebody who's fourteen years younger. Or I mean, yeah, fourteen years younger. I think Victor's like forty-four. Right. Be careful. That's all I can say. I know he probably he probably needs to scratch, and that's why he's doing it. So. And this is the thing, too. The man hasn't fought in 10 years. That was the first thing. 
And so that kind of concerned me. But then also, I was hearing some chatter where Evander Holyfield was trying to get a Tyson exhibition. And I don't know if Tyson wanted anything to do with it. So maybe this is like his way of trying to stay on the radar. So maybe Tyson may be intrigued. Maybe it gets Evander Holyfield's uh, profile back up there a little bit if he looks good in this fight. But I'll tell you one person who ain't about to order this fight on Saturday. Hey, they got me with that Paul shit, bro. I am not buying that's this fight. Prayers. That's what I'm saying. I, I can't do this anymore. I, I cannot. I would have to see something good to, to, for you to get me to uh, order some stuff. And Prayers, I don't even know if I'll do that if they if Mike Anybender decided to do it. I don't even know if I would pay for that. I probably wouldn't either, man. We, we, we would probably have to find a bar somewhere that's playing that <laughs> and then we could go post up somewhere. Yeah, I, I can't do it, man. I just can't. <laughs> I can't. I, I have to put my foot down, man. I'm like... I, when I was looking at my damn uh, Comcast bill from the, like the last like four or five months, and I was looking at the uh-huh. pay per view fights that I ordered, I'm like, I have spent three hundred and fifty bucks on trash fights. Yeah, man. They, then, they, I had to, then I had to look at myself in the mirror, like <laughs> I used to. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Look at myself." <laughs> what you looking for, man? What you looking at? <laughs> Whatever it is, I didn't find it. <laughs> 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 I see you stayed at the mirror with the bill in your hand. Like, what's wrong with me? Yeah. <laughs> Where did it go wrong? <laughs> oh, damn. But yeah, so, hey, good question. I was going to say this. To, to Jules's point, I'm sure Vander Holyfield has kept him safe in pretty decent shape. He looked fit from what I saw. Uh-huh. But Father Time, as you mentioned, Jules, is undefeated. This man's almost 60 years old, so I'm not going to put no limitations on this man's life. Hey, good for you, Evander, but just be careful, man. Be careful. Be careful. I know they're going to have headgear and stuff, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. We'll talk about them next week. We'll talk about next week. Yep. But those MMA guys, though, they don't really fare too well in these boxing matchups. So to the point True. that you made, Evander, that's his That's his realm. That's mm-hmm. that, his ring. He knows that sweet science. So mm-hmm. He might have a shot. I won't be able to watch it, but, but he might have a shot. <laughs> like I told you, they ain't getting me again. <laughs> no, no. Hey, good luck to you guys out there, man. Keep, you know, hey, have fun and don't don't beat, beat each other too bad. Man. That's right. That's right. Well, Jules, man, let's get into this episode. So, audience, if you guys recall on season one, we did an episode mm-hmm. called Chicago's Best. And we just talked to you guys about some of our favorite aspects of Chicago, right? This episode, though, we're going to do it a little bit different. So we're going to hit you guys with some of hidden gems. And these are going to be some spots that probably most of you guys don't even know about if you're from not from this area, right? And these are some areas that Jules and I definitely would love for you guys to support. These are a lot of small businesses that suffered during the pandemic, during COVID. And these are businesses that really need that support. And so we wanted to do this episode by bringing some awareness to some of these places because these are some of our favorites in the area. So this list is going to be in no particular order, audience, but I just wanted to mm-hmm. just kick things off. The first place that I think that our audience should know about is Chicago's home of chicken and waffles. Ah, nice. <laughs> this place is on 3947 South King Drive. And I'm just going to say this because I got to preface this because I want to keep it all the way 100 with y'all. I have never physically been to this location. Really? Mm-mm. When okay. I get food from there, I order it off DoorDash. Back to DoorDash again. But <laughs> when I was ordering food from there, the only thing we had word on was COVID. Okay. The weather was fine. <laughs> but what I was doing during the pandemic, Jules, is I would basically find one or two places every week, and I just alternate, just different places uh, on the south side or just like uh, some of those areas, and I would order DoorDash home. Now, I ain't going to lie to you, DoorDash taxed the hell out of me, man, because I had to mm. pay all kinds of money, man, because you know where I live in conjunction to 39th and King Drive. Boy, they got me, but I didn't even care because I was like, you know what? I wanted to help this business out. So this place is one of the only soul food places that I can get Grubhub delivered to to my crib. So I took advantage, man. Brother, I ordered from them several times during the pandemic. They got a dope-ass menu. You can get just about any soul food that you could be craving from them. So what I generally like to do is I do the chicken and waffles. You, uh-huh. just, you got to. But they also got good catfish. Okay. And then they got this homemade strawberry lemonade. Brother, brother, brother. Now, I try to stay away from the sugar. But I, I, swear, I swear to God, 
I definitely get that lemonade. <laughs> so good. So good. Oh, nice. You know, I haven't been there in a, it gotta be a couple years now. But them chicken and waffles, ooh, man, that chicken, that chicken is good too. It's not like them little pretentious places that you may go to downtown where they call themselves giving you chicken and waffles and they giving you some chicken strips or chicken tenders. Mm-hmm. That ain't chicken and waffles. Right. right. I'm talking about full-on chicken leg, thigh on them waffles in right. that syrup. Fried to perfection. Now, before COVID, their lines always be wrapped. When I went there, I remember I went while I was working. And, man, we stood in line for a minute. But it was worth it, though. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. worth it. So, man, when you said Chicago chicken and waffles, oh, man, I perked up like, man, come on. <laughs> <laughs> it took me back. I was like, yes, sir. And, Jules, isn't it cool that this is one of the few restaurants out there they give you three sides with your meal. Three sides. Mm. I know the audience, they're going to be like, man, Jules and, and Prince always talking about some food. But I'm just going to tell you, the more food, the better in my world. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. I love to eat. I love to eat. Whoa. Remember Robert Harris. I, I got a weight problem. I can't wait to eat. That's <laughs> nice. Oh, man. Man, I forgot about that brother, man. He was funny, man. Legend, man. Yeah. It's funny you start off with Chicago chicken waffles because I came with another chicken spot, and that's uh that's Leon's. Ooh! Now I grew up fans. I grew up on Leon's chicken because I used to stay around the corner from Leon's in Inglewood. They had one on 59th and Racine, and we used to go there. Man, I'm surprised none of us is like obese. Because we used to go there. Man, my pops used to, because you can get four wings for less than $3 at that time. As time went on, they closed down, of course. But there's another one on Arch Avenue, 4550 South Arch Avenue. And we go there for some time to time. But still get that same taste. That same taste as I remember as coming up as a kid. And my go-to meal on there is the uh, tipping wings. I get a combo, a tip and wing combo. Man, it's just good. That mild sauce, bread, get a couple uh, slices of bread. It's a little hidden spot, but man, that food is good, Prince. And we, and we all know how Jules likes his barbecue sauce. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had some spaghetti for, uh, mom's made some spaghetti for uh, Labor Day. And you know what I put on there, Prince? <laughs> good Lord, man. But... <laughs> The barbecue sauce, though, in Leon's, uh-huh. it's different. So it's not like Memphis. I, I, I want to say, like, maybe, like, South Carolina style. Right. It's got, like, a little vinegar base to it. <laughs> now, that may not be for everybody, but that's some good-ass barbecue sauce. Dude, man, people, check that out. Check out Chicago Chicken Walk. Check out that Leon. Well, I'm telling you, these are some hidden gems we're getting. They really are. And also, too, the last point on Leon's, if you want to get some rib tips that are always tender, Mm-hmm. meaty and delicious, mm-hmm. this is your place. Now, there's a lot of places out there that'll do rib tips. You can't find the meat on them. There's all bones and right. all right. the stuff that you don't want. Now, this is Leon's place. Jules, that was a good one, brother. That was a good one. It's sad, though, that the location closed on our race scene. But like you mentioned, the spot on our Archer is still there. Yep. And that's why we got to patronize these businesses so that they can stay around because these are just classic places, man. Like you mentioned, like when you guys were coming up, you guys went there. I mean, talk about getting four pieces of chicken for $3. Man, Prince, come on. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm surprised. We, man, I'm surprised none of us is, is obese, man. We was hitting that spot daily. I'm talking about daily. Because <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know good. Because I don't know if you remember when Denzel was in town, he was looking for Leon's because people was telling him about it. But the place, yep. well, of course, it was closed. Oh, you know, I do like, remember that. Yeah. yeah. So they did open up another spot. It's over east. It's over there by Stony. I forgot. I want to say 67, I want to say. But it's not too many places. You have that one, then you have the one on Archer. Well, I'll tell you one thing, Jules. That was a really dope one. Another one that I wanted to bring to our listeners' attention is Calumet Fisheries. Mm-hmm. Now, this place, okay. Jules, you knew I grew up right over there by the bridge over there, like right off 87. So this was some place that my mom used to take us to on Fridays when she get that check. I'm like, oh, the mom get paid today because we about to go hit up Calumet Fisheries. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you one thing, audience. They got a wide variety of fried seafood 
I'm talking about fried shrimp, fried scallops. Mm. You get you some good frog legs, shrimp, calamari. That's some of the stuff that you can get from this place. And mm-hmm. it's 3259 East 95th Street. It's worth it. Now, there's no seating, <laughs> no bathroom, no parking, and they only take cash. But guess what? Plan accordingly. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, you said no seat, no bathroom, no credit card, no parking. You nope. Man, you get running in and run out. You hurry up and buy, and you yeah. get home. Uh-huh. <laughs> the last time I did go there, Jules, it was actually during the pandemic. I, I picked up an order. I got me a whole bunch of fried shrimp. This is a day that I was like, you know what? Fuck my diet. I'm just going to get these fried shrimp. I needed it. And what I did was, because it's right there by the harbor, I just went, I just walked around. I'm like, I'm just going to post up down here at this harbor and just sit and look out at the water and eat some fried shrimp. So that's what I did. But just bring your cash. Lots of it. Man, okay. So, Prince, now, that place sounds expensive. Well, it's going to hit up. It's going to hit up a little bit. Yeah. So, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, folks. Now, prayers like to talk about that damn electronic monopoly. <laughs> I found that thing like in the flea market. Now you hear, now you hear, you hear for yourself. Prayers going there to a spot to only take cash. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, it's fair. It's fair. You know, it's fair. <laughs> nah, it's just best. <laughs> nah, it's just best. But no, I'm glad you said it because I ain't never, I ain't never been there. No, I would check it out, man. And then, like I okay. said, um, it's a short drive away from Calumet Park. So if anybody ever okay. wants to go there, get some food, and then post up by Calumet Park, they got the lakefront that steps away as well. I just thought about that. So Calumet Fisheries, 3259 East 95th Street, dope, dope, dope seafood. Mm-hmm. Really good, really good. Just bring your cash. Man, that's cool, man. Especially the part where you say it's by the park and stuff, where you can get it. It could be like a good date night. You can take a girl or your guy or whatever get some food, some seafood, and go over there and enjoy yourself at the park where you get the lake and stuff. Man, that's a good spot, man. What I get, I hit up another barbecue place. and <laughs> This man loves his barbecue. <laughs> and this is Chicago Pit Stop. Now, Chicago Pit Stop is located on 65th and Western. What I love about it because it's in the hood. And every time I drive past, I'm over at work or I'm coming from the house or whatever the case may be, you smell that barbecue. And prayers, ooh, man, ain't nothing like that smell of barbecue and that smoke in the air. It's like the Looney Tunes cartoon, like Pepe <laughs> when he be floating in air, cause uh, <laughs> cause he after that that cat that dress up like a skunk, he think it's a skunk, but it's actually a cat, folks. Yeah, I'm telling my age. So <laughs> you know that's what they do, that Roman. That's what it do to you, man. You just you just it just drawing you to that spot. But man, well the fun thing about it is when I go there, I get the wings. Call me crazy, but I get the wings because wings is dope. But they're known for their uh their rib tips. So, yeah, people, if you get a chance, that Chicago Pit Stop Barbecue, 65th and West, if you go up in there, man, just, just have at it. They got combos and everything, but the wings are good, tips are good, links, whatever you want. They sell everything, except for, like, vegan stuff. I don't think they get vegan stuff there. And guess what? If, if you want to go for that kind of stuff, there's other places. Not here. Yeah. But to Jules's point, this place is dope because you're right. When you drive through that area— I always let my car window down, even if I'm not even going to go get no food from there. <laughs> I was like, shit, let me, let me inhale it. <laughs> mm. But I just got one little tip to add to, to this spot. Okay. If you're going to go there to get food, audience, it's best to get there earlier around oh, lunchtime. Yes. Yes. Do that when they, as soon as they open up, because as the day goes on, I don't know if it's the cooks that they get tired or they be too busy back there in that hot ass kitchen and, and all them stoves and the fire. But I tell you, uh-huh. the food kind of like the quality kind of tapers off a little bit. So get there early, get that shit fresh, and I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed. Yes, yep. You know a good point, Perez. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. Yep, good point. But that's a good one there, Jules. That's a real good one. All right. I got another one for you all. It's called Five Loaves Eatery. It's uh, 405 East 75th Street. And what this place is, is home-style food. So, I mean, this place, it just reminded me of when we were younger and we would go down south to visit relatives. And my grandmother, her, man, I still remember this like it was yesterday. That was some of the best eating that I've ever done in my life, just going down south. Every meal was like a fucking full-on eight-course meal. 
I would just be laying around like, damn, that was just breakfast. And then he didn't come backing it up for lunch again. He's like, damn, I'm still recuperating from that big-ass breakfast y'all cooked. So this place reminds me of that because they got the fried chicken, the buttermilk biscuits, any type of soul food that you want. And it's available for breakfast and lunch. Brother, brother, brother. Mm. Uh, uh, uh. Such good food. <laughs> now, I'm going to tell you what my favorite thing that I ordered of late from that place, because I actually ordered from there a couple weeks ago. I got some pancakes from there. Oh, man, the pancakes were so good. And they do the little fried country potatoes with them joints. Ooh. Had an omelet, had some grits. Uh, uh, uh. This place not 24 hours. It's, it's not 24 hours. No. Hey, Prez, you got me, you got me drooling over here. I love some breakfast. I love some breakfast, man. Yeah, so generally, Jules, so like so for instance, on Fridays, they close at like 2 30. But okay. then on um on the weekends, they're open until midnight. Okay, okay, so midnight. That's still good. But then they're closed Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Okay. But it's on 75th. Nice little small, low-key, family-run spot, man. But I'm telling you, if you like that Southern-style cooking and comfort food, hit them up. It's worth it. Oh, man. Oh, man, I'm doing that. I'm doing that one. <laughs> oh, man, I love doing these episodes here, boy. <laughs> I can tell. I can tell. You got quiet. You were over there writing down notes. <laughs> like, Mom's Good Cooking. Uh, shout out to uh, Kwame Brown. <laughs> like, Mom's Good Cooking, boy. Ain't nothing like it. Mm-hmm. Ooh, man. Okay. Next spot I got, man, this little pizza bar called Paula Pizza Bar over there at Fulton Market. I don't know if you had been there, Prez, but it's on 108th North Green Street. Uh, we went there a couple of weeks ago. I like the spot because it's a sports bar type atmosphere. It's a sports bar. You get the, the setup, like the, the folding glass doors. They open it up so it have like a patio type setting. You get the TVs everywhere, the bar. You know, the waitress and waiters and people is inside the Fulton Plaza because you got the arcade games uh, block away and other things that's going on. And I just like the ambience of it. Uh, plenty of people. But the food, they're known for their pizza. They're known for a pizza. You can make your great, your own style. But I went in, when I went in there, man, I had a nice little burger. Man, I forgot what that damn burger was called. But, man, their burger was good. Burger was good. And I had a, a piece of pizza from uh, one of my partners. He had some pizza, too. So check this place out, man. It's a it's a nice spot. And for you uh, single people, it's a good spot to hang out, too. Just let's just throw that out there. No, uh, J- Jules is totally, he's totally right about that. First of all, in Chicago, it's all about location. This place is right in the intersection of just like a busy four-way mm-hmm. intersection, traffic mm-hmm. everywhere. And to your point, Jules, Single ladies or gentlemen, yep. mm-hmm. you will enjoy yourself here. Great pizza, good vibes. I like sitting outdoors though when I go there. I love this place. Jules, the A Froman. That's the pizza that I always get when I go there. I don't okay. know which one, I don't know which one your partner got, but this was the sausage king pizza that I got. Ooh, okay. Wee. I want to say, I want to see he get he grabbed that. Is there anything else in it? So the one that I had, it had it had sausage, red pepper, spinach, and it would have okay. fresh okay. mozzarella on the top. Okay. Brother, brother, brother. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Pizza is where it's at. It's a West Loop joint, though. So for the audience, yep. some of you all have been like, oh, okay, cool. I'll probably stay downtown. You definitely got to check this place out. But get a reservation because if you don't, your ass going to be waiting for a while to get a table. Right. Mm-hmm. All right, Jules. I got another spot for the audience. This is gonna be a burger bar, a burger spot. Top notch burgers. 2116 oh, yeah. West 95th. You know about top notch. Yeah. Uh-huh. Over in Beverly. <laughs> Man, this is a place that I had been going to with my mom since I was a kid. And I've kept that tradition going with my family. I love these burgers. It's such a like a classic diner spot. And you know what the best part about it is? Audience, you're gonna guess what I'm gonna say here. The portion size. The burgers are huge. They give you a shit ton of french fries, and it's affordable. And they got the best milkshakes. Get you one of the vanilla milkshakes over there. You will thank me later. So good. Oh, dude. I haven't been in a minute, but when they say top-notch, man, hey, hey, you, you won't be disappointed. I'll tell you that. You won't be disappointed. No milkshakes. Come on, man. Come on, man. Hey, we just like to eat, man. I, I, I ain't got nothing else to say. <laughs> I ain't got nothing else to say. And I just want our audience, just think about this. 
a large and just perfectly cooked burger with grilled onions on the top of it. I mean, right now I'm over here thinking like, okay, I'm going to run five miles a little bit later on. I might go get me some top notch tonight. Cause I'm like, you know what? It's been a long week. I deserve it. So I'm telling you, that's how good this shit is. It's a long drive for me to get there, but that shit is worth it. Mm-hmm. Dude, Prez, I'm like you, man. I'm like, I'm sitting here. Okay. It's the weekend. Monday through Thursday, you kind of not want to eat out as much. You want to keep it a little clean and, you know, yep. don't want to spend too much money. And But the weekend, mm-hmm, man, we going in. Friday, it's, especially Friday and Saturday. Friday and Saturday, oh, yeah. Now, I might, after work, I might go ahead and grab that Leon's. Probably tell the missus, hey, what you want? And, you know, I'm bringing dinner home so she ain't got to do nothing. Like, you're, you're a good man. What? So what does she normally get? She get the same thing I get. She get a tip and wing, too. It varies. But she normally say, get the same thing. Now, I get a tip of wing, but I tell them, add an extra wing for me, too. So how many is that? It'd be four. It'd be four wings, and then with the tips and the fries, two okay. slices of two slices of bread. Man, I'm sitting on that couch, man. I'm gone. <laughs> that itis. <laughs> man, I'm gone, man. <laughs> Ain't no so, leftovers, either. I'm eating the whole thing. So you, so you do the slices of bread. So you like two slices of bread on top of that joint. Yeah, see, what I do, I take the bread and I ball it up and I dip it in that sauce they give me. Wow. Okay, and, and I okay. Just, and I just, I just eat it off there like that. <laughs> Boy, you are a caveman. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing fancy. I take the bread and I ball it up and I dip it and I eat it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to see here. Because, <laughs> you know, I always tell you whenever I get like, uh, the barbecue where I get my heralds, I always tell them no bread. Because you know what? I don't know how if you how you feel about this. I don't like how the bread sometimes it peels. When it peels, it's all over your chicken or your lip tips. Mm. I'm like, I don't want all that on my stuff. Now, you probably gotcha. don't care because you probably like, it's all going to the same place. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that's right. You did say it because you don't like, you like your food not to touch. That's right. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> unless unless it's fries with mouth sauce, I make an exception there. Okay. Mm. And at that point, you can drizzle that shit all over them fries. I don't even care. I'm mm-hmm. good there. All right. So hey, now I'm about to go jerk on this one. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I got a spot over here on 79th Street, 37, uh, 3792 West 79th Street over there by Pulaski. Caribbean jerk chicken. Man, wife and I, we go up there and we get two of the uh jerk dinners, uh, either dark or white. It comes with beans and rice, and you get an option of two other dishes with it. So normally I get like a candy yam and a mac and cheese. I think my wife get like a cabbage and plantains. I always get an extra side of plantains. When I go in there, I spend 60 bucks. I come out there with some food, man. You know what I'm saying? But see, I work, see, I got to scratch and save to get that uh, press. (laughs) <laughs> Just uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so when I go up in there, man, ooh, man, listen, you get a whole jerk chicken dinner, four pieces. You get the beans and rice. I get the candy yams, mac and cheese, and I get a side of uh, plants. Man, you good. Caribbean jerk chicken. People check this place out, man. It is good. What's the name of it again? Uh, Caribbean jerk chicken. And okay. it's 3792 West 79th Street. It's right across from Bogan High School. Oh, okay. I know the area now. I'm just trying to picture the restaurant, but I guess what? I'm going to become acquainted with it because I love some jerk chicken. Man, my wife and I, we had our parents over, I'm going to say a couple years ago, and we catered from there. Boy, they ate that food like it was like it was going out of business. <laughs> no no leftovers. No. they. My, I looked over my father's plate, his tray, and he sucked everything up. Now I see where you get it from. Man, hell, I ain't even see no bones over there. I, don't even, I ain't even asked where the bones at. <laughs> That's pretty fucking hilarious. So I love some jerk chicken. Have you ever been to uh, the Jamaican jerk villa? On what? On, uh, on By a uh, Halston? Yeah, on 79. I You know what? Every time I go there, it's always packed. Yeah, yeah, that it's one's always, always packed. packed. Yep. You may like that one, too. So I would check that one out. Okay, man, I heard about it. I never people don't 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 come at me, but I never been because it's always packed. A and then B, I got a spot close by me, so I never, you know, go that way. Oh, it makes sense. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. No worries there. You still you still helping out the 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 spots in the in the in the hood. So you all good. All right, Jules, I got one last spot for our audience before we get okay. out of here. 
and his limbs barbecue. Oh, shit. damn. Okay. 311 East 75th Street. This is a staple in our family. I'm talking about this was something that was put on to me generationally, man. That it was just when I had cousins that didn't live in the area, every time they came to town, they like, we go into limbs. What you want? I'm like, what you think I want? I want rib tip and hot link combo. What's up? That shit is the best barbecue. The best barbecue. Now I know Jules was talking about Leon's, and Leon's got some good barbecue too, but it can't mess with limbs. No, I'm telling man. you, it's something about it. It's just unique. And just the flavor and the rib tips are just so, so tender. Now, again, you guys are going to notice a trend with some of these places that we're telling you about. It's a long line, but it's worth the wait. Even if you call ahead, you're still going to be waiting. So I just want to give you that heads up. No, Chris, to your point, <laughs> you place an order, mm-mm. ain't like it. Oh, yeah, give you half an hour. You come in there half an hour, it's ready. No, you still, you still got to wait a little bit, man. <laughs> But once you get it, you ain't gonna you ain't gonna worry about it. You you gonna forget all about that. Whereas I've had limbs in a minute too. You know what would make that shit way better? And I, this is just me being pressed here. The only complaint I got about this place is that they don't take any sort of online orders. Mm, okay. If I could just find a way to bypass that wait, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I would go there even more so. I got to be in the mood <laughs> to wait because it's going to be a little bit of a wait. But I'm going to tell you, everything about that food is banging. And anyone that comes here from outside the area and you try Limbs Barbecue, make sure you get some of that Limbs Barbecue sauce to go. You will not be disappointed. You will put that shit on everything. It's that good. Wait a minute. So, Prince, let me add you something now. Okay. You know where I'm going. Would you put that on your spaghetti? No, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, man, I thought I had you. I thought I had you on that one. Nope. You you will put that on damn near everything except for your. Okay. (laughs) I saw you coming. I saw you coming. Uh, (laughs) Man, my eyes lit up. I started smiling. Like, oh, okay. (laughs) He's like, he he just gave me an in. (laughs) All right, what you got for us, man? On the way. You know what? Out there in the Bridgeport neighborhood, I got Rick and Benny's. Can't go wrong. Man, 252 West 26th Street. The Rick and Benny's is known for their breaded steak sandwiches. And there, there's two there's two versions of it. There's original and you got a king size. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you get this big I love bun. How you took that. You love how you took that deep breath. Because <laughs> I'm, sit, I'm sitting up there. I'm visualizing when I'm sitting at the table and I got this thing. A quick story. When I first got on the job, there was a Rick of Beatings on Pulaski, on 51st and Pulaski. It's closed now. But when I first got on the job, a veteran officer took me there. He said, have you ever had Rick of Beatings? I said, no. He said, man, come with me. So we went. He said, man, get the king. Man, they brought this damn thing out. It's a foot long. Just think, a foot long with breaded steak, mozzarella sauce, cheese. I mean, just, just dripping fries and stuff like that. I was like, what the hell? Man, you eat this thing. You got to eat it sloppy. If you prissy and prim and stuff, this ain't the sandwich for you. If you like to <laughs> eat and get and get your hands greasy and juicy and stuff, this is what you're eating here. I mean, you do get a knife and fork if you want to go that route. But I picked that damn thing up and started chomping that ball. Hey, that <laughs> thing there? Oh, wait. Man, it's good. Prince, that's why I took that that deep pause because I, I, I it brought me back when I first had that 16 years ago, but I had it more since then. But it brought me back from that first time I tasted, and, and you still, I, you see, I still remember how it tastes. And that's the power of how good that breaded steak sandwich is mm. because he's right, it's it's fire. Now I haven't had Rick and Benny's man since like oh, probably oh, what 2005. It's been a okay. minute, but I when I did have it, it was at that location that you talked about. But I'm gonna tell you one thing. Jules is not exaggerating how delicious that breaded steak sandwich is. It's the ultimate. And I'm telling you, when I had that sandwich, I forgot about any problem that I had in my life. And that is not (laughs) me being funny. That sandwich is so good for like 30 seconds or a minute or whatever it was. I wasn't worried about shit. That's how good that motherfucker is. The only thing that I have heard, though, Okay. Is that the price of that sandwich, I, I knew some people that had got some food from their briefly and they were complaining about the price of the sandwich. 
And that's the only thing. Over the course of years, you know, inflation happens. Mm-hmm. These businesses mm-hmm. are trying to be competitive. So that's the only thing. I heard people complain about the price of the sandwich, but I'll just say, you know what? Treat yourself every once in a while, listeners. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is about, you ain't going there every day or every week. Like, it, you know, once in a while, get a nice breaded sandwich. Like I say, it's two sizes. You can have to get the big one, the king, get original. And you know what? That location, they give you really good service. Like, they are very, for what I, I hope it's still the same way now. But when I was there, I was like, man, this is like the best experience I had getting me some uh, some fast food. It was quick. The girl behind the counter, she was real courteous. I was like, man, I like this. Mm-hmm. So shout out to you, girl behind the counter. Shout out to you. Oh man, boy, you a fool, boy. <laughs> oh man, dude, man, I love I love this episode here, man. Yes, sir. So, audience, man, we hope that you guys appreciated us talking through some of these uh, spots. As everyone knows, right now it's been tough for a lot of these local businesses to keep the doors open. You know, Jules talked about one of the restaurants that he used to go to with his family. That location is closed now. So, we wanted to take this time to spotlight and highlight some of these local hidden gems, the places that you're not going to, if you're not from this area, if you're not from certain community in certain areas, you're not going to immediately know about these places. So we wanted to put these places on the map with you. And trust me, the places that we told you guys to go to, you'll be safe. You don't have to worry about anything like that. But we just want to make sure that these places are getting some sort of uh, recognition as well, because they have some really great food and they've been around for generations. I'm talking about these places have been around 50, 60 years in some cases. So we hope you enjoyed this episode and we are out. Jules, going to hit him with that curtain call, bruh. Perez, this curtain call goes after Six Corner Association. The Six Corner Association is one of 21 local community groups that are helping small business owners that haven't reached pandemic assistance while applying for a grant of $5,000 to $150,000 under a new state grant program. Small business and tourism, Beauty, fitness, and childcare also qualify, as well as those that made less than $5 million in revenue in 2019. Six Corner Association offers grassroots outreach, language help, webinars, and one-on-one technical assistance sessions. Six Corner share both a commitment to creating high-quality places and to build stronger communities through preservation-based economic development. Six Corner is the only designated nationally recognized Main Street community in Chicago. Cisco and Association, President I am pulling back the curtain podcast family. I'd like to thank you and appreciate all your hard work. And Jules, thanks for that curtain call. As always, you can find this podcast on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Deezer, or wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate your continued support of the show. Without you, we wouldn't be. We're the Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>